Volume One, Chapter Nine of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Nine. He draweth out the thread of his verbosity finer than the staple of his argument. I abhor such fanatical phantasms, such point device companions, such rackers of orthography. Shakespeare i am free to admit that i cannot altogether reconcile to myself the discordant phases of your social and political phenomena observed mr leonidas lomax an uncle from carolina as he sat sipping a cup of weak tea that evening at mill hill with his pocket-handkerchief a stout cotton article protectingly outspread over his nether habilement while he sentimentally colloquized with his kinsman wemmersley you inform me sir that under the operation of the reform bill thoroton has become a free and independent borough and the inhabitants i perceive arrogate to themselves the privileges of independence by holding meetings of a political tendency by drinking radical toasts and venting free opinions upon the very parliament which has endowed them with a political existence nothing very new in popular ingratitude replied wemmersley annoyed to perceive that his silly wife's wise uncle had set in for a prose nothing admitted fully admitted my dear sir but that which is very new to me and at present very incomprehensible is that the individuals in question born in a class of life which entitles us to believe them educated and if educated enlightened express week after week month after month year after year their dissatisfaction at the insupportable heaviness of taxation the overweening influence of the aristocracy the corrupt subserviency of the press the unapostolic avidity of the clergy the supine inactivity of government yet the moment a lad in a showy coat with white kid gloves a full pocket an empty head such as the fribble who quitted mill hill this morning stands half laughing in their faces half holding his nose to demand their sweet voices in favour of his return as their representative to parliament hey presto they are ready to toss up their caps in his honour and to cry spalding for ever twenty thousand souls men with beards upon their faces and accountable to posterity for the conservation of their rights and charters to invest their civic authority in the person of a gristle-boned vellum-skinned flute-voiced automaton whose business in life is to gild over the iron buttresses of despotism which uphold the brazen statue of that moloch the english oligarchy and all if i rightly interpret the information of my dear niece mistress wemmersley because the duchess his mother purchases a few ells of fustian for her charity school and a few deal tables for her laundry of the retail traders of the borough such conduct is irreconcilable with the impulses of rational man the duke of spalding has the finest property in this part of the country said wemmersley as hastily as he dared it is but natural that the people of thoroton should consult his wishes concerning its parliamentary representation or that he should prefer a member of his own family 
as most devoted to the care of its interest to the care of his interests you mean to his interests i can well understand this young gentleman whom i can scarcely call a man to be thoroughly devoted i am yet to learn by what process his unstudious ignorance is to be enlightened or by what art his presumptuous frivolity is to be rendered sedative we will leave it to the electors of thoroton to determine said wemmersley not venturing to contradict the rich relation whom he could not hope to convince each of whom will leave it to the other resumed leonidas and between the stupidity of some and the venality of the rest your borough will be compromised in the eyes of the country and contribute its might to the gradual deterioration of the british character and the retardation of the march of federalism oh my dear sir cried mrs w snatching at the word character indeed you go too far lord leicester spalding is a young man of the highest honour and you know it is something to be represented by a gentleman my notions of the word gentleman and yours are somewhat at variance my dear lady integrity for instance enters indispensably into my list of the characteristics of a gentleman yet if i rightly understood your friend the young lord yesterday in the narrative of his proceedings at the last newmarket meeting who breaks a butterfly upon a wheel cried wemmersley the boastings of a vapouring boy like spalding are not to be measured by rule and compass besides he saw your amazement noted the solemnity of your commentary and instantly set about mystifying you by a thousand exaggerations you gentlemen of england who live at home at ease seem to derive wonderful pleasure in insulting more laborious persons and in misleading seekers after information continued lomax in the same didactic tone since my arrival in the mother country whenever i have raised objections to the flightiness of this person's conversation i am assured that he is quizzing me or expressed misgivings respecting that person's veracity scarcely a safe subject on which to express mistrust interrupted wemmersley entertaining a shrewd suspicion that his yankee kinsman alluded indirectly to himself to return however to lord leicester spalding pray set your heart at ease respecting his parliamentary dignities for by the dexterous manoeuvres of one of the most blackguard attorneys in existence both the spalding and maudsley parties are defeated and arthur armitage placed at the head of the poll arthur armitage any relation to that handsome semiramis-looking woman who called here the other day her son her only son a young man three-and-twenty and freely elected well she has now just cause for her pride for proud enough she is or i am considerably mistaken i could plainly discern that she despised your house and everything and every one within it without losing time by proving you mistaken in your last assertion permit me to set you right concerning your first nothing could have been more galling to the pride of mrs armitage than the election of her son <laughs> more quizzing i calculate said lomax with a grim smile mere matter of fact i assure you she was the means of bringing forward mr maudsley 
and will resent any injury offered to him as offered to herself i should not be surprised if this electioneering manoeuvre of gumption's were to be the means of perpetuating the dissensions between mrs armytage and her son they are on bad terms then so we have reason to conclude but all we know in the neighbourhood of mrs armytage's private affairs is known but by inference she never unbends never unfolds and what motive does inference lead you to adduce for the ill-will subsisting between your arrogant neighbour and her son and heir it cannot be the same natural pride my dear sir which causes her for instance to look down upon yourself the lineage of which she boasts is his also the possessions in which she glories will one day be his own ça dépend dépend interrupted wemmersley with a fastidious smile i beg your pardon i meant to say that must depend on circumstances he rejoined pettishly if you meant to say so it is a pity but that you had said so the english tongue is a fine and copious language and needs no interpretation from french gibberish although no longer spoken here with the degree of purity and precision we meet with in the states where the pure well of english undefiled has descended to us limpid and uncontaminated from the elizabethan age still i have found many persons in the old country speaking english with tolerable correctness they are infinitely obliged to your indulgence observed wemmersley with a fiery glance such as might almost have ignited the quid secretly cherished within the lanky cheek of uncle lomax but to return to mrs armytage and her family feud has her son been convicted of any moral turpitude to have provoked her unnatural enmity i am half afraid of guessing the meaning of your english undefiled replied wemmersley here in england perhaps we might be tempted to call the offence of spitting on a lady's carpet an act of moral turpitude did the new member for thoroton offend his parent by spitting on her carpet calmly inquired lomax defying the sneer directed against him i calculate then that her abode is insufficiently furnished with spitting-boxes it is amazing how many indispensable articles of civilised enjoyment i observe wanting even in the first-rate houses in this country i meant to observe that such terms as moral turpitude bear a local interpretation arthur armytage's offence against his mother consisted in marrying a pretty girl of disreputable character of worse of obscure connections when she happened to have set her heart upon uniting him with a ladyship the daughter of lord rotherham the noble man whose aristocratic oaks overshade your pinery the owner of greta castle precisely one of those relics of feudal grandeur and national pride which must so greatly startle and interest you americans on your first glance at the mother country naturally enough as being the mansion-houses of our own ancestors abandoned by us to the enjoyment of such of their descendants as can be content with the possession of ancient halls and hoary forests unenhanced by those glorious gifts of civil and religious liberty 
which we presume to regard as the noblest portion of their inheritance and after all demanded mrs wemmersley growing fidgety when she observed the discussion to be assuming so personal a turn how will all this end about arthur armytage's election that you must consult the stars or the sibyls to determine answered her husband the position of mrs armytage is an unprecedented one but no doubt with her lofty way of carrying things she will contrive to make the whole county believe she has not been taken by surprise i beg your pardon what you call her lofty way of carrying things is after all mere gaucherie mere what interrupted pertinacious uncle lomax mere awkwardness of mind and manners the duchess of spalding declares that mrs armytage has no more tact than a muscovy duck not to careville at her grace's simile of which i confess i do not perceive the aptitude permit me to inquire whether it may not be possible that mrs armytage despises tact asked lomax tact i take to be the accomplishment of a narrow mind indispensable perhaps to a duchess but i do not see why the independent widow of an independent squire should remember your promise my dear sir interrupted wemmersley scarcely able to restrain his indignation when he saw a sacrilegious hand outstretched to profane one of his molten calves the objects of his gross idolatry pray remember your promise and do not decide on points connected with the state of english society till at least a few weeks experience of the stage and acquaintance with the actors enables you to judge of the merits of the piece men and women are but men and women i calculate although attired in hoop petticoats and bags and swords observed lomax but since you appear so desirous to impress upon my mind that i have hitherto dwelt among savages and can know nothing of the practices of the civilized species be it so i abide the issue as roscommon hath it a satyr that comes staring from the woods cannot at first speak like an orator meanwhile the lady of holywell did indeed find herself placed in an unprecedented situation and one from which even the sturdy good sense with which she was endowed scarcely sufficed to disembarrass her she had purposed in sending for mr maudsley to become the representative of the family interest to mark her sovereign displeasure against her son and announce to the world an irreparable breach between them that the world should judge for itself in such a juncture and deciding the offence of young armytage an insufficient provocation pronounce a separation of interests between parent and child impossible on grounds so slight had not entered into her calculations her people had presumed to know her intentions better than herself and to conclude that she could not but be secretly pleased that a son of her own should triumph at the expense of a cousin they good souls would not believe her capable of turning traitress to her flesh and blood and were of too christianly a nature to conjecture the existence of a brutus in petticoats at the head of one of the prettiest rent-rolls in the riding and perhaps they were right 
perhaps in the midst of mrs armytage's storm of indignation on finding her plans defeated and her candidate rejected she was for a moment secretly gratified to observe the enthusiasm with which the people gathered to what they chose to consider the holywell standard and the warmth with which they lent their lungs and hands to acclamations of armytage for ever aware of the character of the parties by whom arthur's nomination had been effected she exonerated him from all share in the intrigue but reginald the sapient had motives of his own for placing a different conclusion on the evidence however irritated at having been drawn forth and shown up as a defeated man without intention or desire on his own part he resolved to turn his afflictions to account by assuming the character of a martyr in the cause of mrs armytage he twisted it would eventually appear that mr armytage had no share in the plots and manoeuvres of such a fellow as gumption he twisted it would be satisfactorily proved to the world that his young relative was incapable of having coalesced with a blackguard attorney for the purpose of enlisting a party in the county against his mother family peaks and family dissensions he could well understand but when family peaks went the length of blazoning forth to the public every unfortunate he checked himself he was going too far he recollected that mrs armytage had been the first to call public attention to the disunion in her family but perhaps he resumed in a tone of affected candour perhaps for the sake of all parties the less said on such a subject the better but mrs armytage's clear understanding was not to be confused by generalities so commonplace she knew that though the least said might be the best for all parties much would be said and much to their disadvantage it was a dull season of the year in the country just that heavy pause which intervenes between the cessation of holiday hospitalities and the migration of the principal families to london when winter pleasures are beginning to lose their attraction and spring gives no immediate promise of relief when daylight daily increases only to give view to the same leafless trees the same brown fallows the same sallow turf which the obscurities of winter so advantageously tended to conceal she knew in short that it was the most disagreeable month of the year and felt that the recent events at thoroton would be a godsend to the neighbourhood the duchess of spalding unblessed with a villa near town was unluckily in the habit of remaining in yorkshire till after the easter holidays though sadly in want of country entertainment the wemmersleys her grace's obedient humble servants would take care to supply her with a thousand particulars real or imaginary of the holywell disasters to console her for the defeat of her son the rotherhams and marinhams would be sincerely concerned the whole riding would be busy with her family misarrangements nor did the conduct of her discountenanced protege tend to palliate her annoyance aware that she had unintentionally ill-used him she discerned the whole extent of his want of generosity in his mode of 
holding up the ill-usage to her sympathy of parading his bleeding wounds a man of right feeling would have retired instantly from the field leaving it to her conscience to reward his magnanimity but reginald had no magnanimity he persisted in lingering on and on at holywell looking injured and sullen in the hope that mrs armytage would recompense him for having been sacrificed to her son by sacrificing to him her daughter he did not even choose to perceive how greatly his presence must add to her embarrassments in the event of arthur's arrival at thoroton and arthur was daily expected at least so said the attorney who had been promising and vowing in his name and if really expected dates and comparisons of dates brought clearly to proof that he must have been a party in all the manoeuvres of his political sponsor mr gumption sophia in the teeth of almanacs and printed addresses still persisted that the thing was impossible mr maudsley hoped twasted and like leonidas lomax suspended his judgment while mrs armytage waited in silence but not in tranquillity throughout her three-and-forty years experience of the world never had her mind been less at ease End of volume one, chapter nine